Hey, men, welcome to Mandate 456 Podcast. I think, John, I'm not sure. I think we're on episode seven. We're fresh, we're new, we're, we're just, uh, we're actually pretty excited about just penetrating the hearts of men. Um, and so I think this is episode seven, and I'll correct it on the title if it's not. Uh, look, it's, this thing's all about Malachi 4, 5, and 6, right, guys? We want to turn our hearts toward a generation and we want that generation to turn their hearts toward us so that we can break the curse of fatherlessness um, and, and break this thing open to, to work together. Multi-generational transforming movement of God is what this thing's about. Well, guys, my co-host is always Johnny Cat, John Wayne down in Oklahoma City is with us. If you're watching on video, you see him in his cool journeyman hat and sweatshirt along with mine. We're going to be offering some packages of these pretty soon. Brandon, why don't you have your hat on yet? I got to get have one, mate. Uh-oh. We got to get one. Yeah. And then we've also got a special <laughs> guest today, man. Brandon Munoz. Is that right? Munoz? Munoz. Munoz. Oh, Spanish. Nice. Yeah. Down down on the border, uh, Houston, right? Where are you from exactly? Uh, uh, Rockport. So it's about three hours from Mexico, Oh, from man. the Mexican border. Thank Thank yeah. God we have you in Colorado now, in Jesus' name. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, Brandon and I have been uh, in relationship for a couple of years now, pretty deep and heavy. He was a student with us at G42. Um, as you all know, John and I have been doing this since Rock the Nation's days, 25 plus years ago, um, and in and out of relationship, but always been able to get back to the table. And we just want to hit you know, something today on discipleship. And what does that mean? What does that look like on mentorship? You know, I've had a I've had a mentorship, discipleship relationship with both these men, um, and they have taught me more for sure than I have taught them. It's always reverse mentorship, or it doesn't work. Um, and Brandon, I'm going to have you speak to this. But young men that are listening, I know you feel like there's not men out here to mentor you, but it's on you to find them. A son finds a father. A father does not find a son. And so I want to I want to really encourage that you need to go find a man who you like what they stand for. And, I, and again, we're going to talk about tribe and finding your tribe, but um, you like the way they do the Jesus thing, not just about going to church on Sunday morning. And, and let's be honest, guys, especially if you listen to the Bama podcast, guys on discipleship, you know, we don't know how to do discipleship in the West. I mean, our Thursday morning at Starbucks coffee with somebody, that's fine. Or our beer, you know, Brandon and I like to get a beer in an afternoon once, twice a week, something, whatever works. Well, now he's too busy. He's a professional. So we do it once a month. Um, yeah, once a month. And yeah. that, you know, but that's not defined as discipleship in, a, in an Eastern mind. An Eastern mind, you know, you literally see rabbis with their disciples. And if the rabbi gets up to go to the bathroom, 10 guys follow him into the bathroom. And, and you know, it's it, that's their, in their mind, discipleship. You, you as Paul said, Follow me as I follow Christ, right? Follow me and you'll look just like him. And Paul understood that because he was discipled. Uh, I probably don't pronounce it right. Hillel, the the person, the rabbi that discipled Jesus. And the Hebrews mm. will argue that John the Baptist could have been Jesus's rabbi, even though they were so close in age. Um, there's just a lot to this and there's a lot of meat to it. So I want to jump in. So Brandon, let's start with you. You called this podcast together. You wanted to talk about our relationship so hit us, babe. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, I want to say thanks for having me on. And um, you're how old? Tell us how uh, old you are. I am 
just recently turned 24 on the Ooh. 21st of December. So 24 I'm, and uh, would kind of consider yourself fatherless, right? Speak to that just a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I don't have my biological father in my, in my life currently. Um, he lives in Mexico um, with my stepmother and family. Um, I do have a stepdad who's married to my mom and he's awesome. He's great. Um, but I don't currently have um, a biological dad speaking into my life, um, how I would want it to be or the way it should have been. Um, but, you know, but I have great men in my life, you know, for example, like you, Gary, um, and like David Reyes, um, people who have families and who are fathers and who have filled that gap for me. Um, and being fatherless, like I say, it's, it doesn't hit me every day, but there's days, you know, when there's something huge that I a task that's huge and I have to take it, you know, or there's a big thing in front of me and I have to go take it. Like the voice in my head says, can I do it? And that should have been ingrained since a young age. Um, it wasn't. However, I'm learning that now and thank the Lord that he redeems time and with interest, um, whatever the enemy steals. Right. And so I feel like I'm like at a rapid rate learning so much. That's so. so good. And and I think when we met, you hadn't found your tribe. And I want you to speak to that. You 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 did the yeah. world race, um, which yeah. is awesome, but that's not discipleship. It's not even really true missions. Um, if we don't need to talk about that on this uh, podcast, but um, you, you did that, you got kicked off, right? You, the COVID hit, you were off the field, you yeah. came to G42, where you and I met mm -hmm. and start doing life together. And you found your tribe. Mm -hmm. Talk about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah, my tribe. Um, you know, you go through these seasons of life. And for me, I was always wondering, you know, when am I going to find my spot? Like, when am I going to be settled in my heart with a certain people group or a certain place? Um, and after doing the world race and leading that for a while, and then, you know, ministering, you know, um, around the U.S. with some alumni, um, it was great. But then I came to G42. And then the one thing I found was like, whoa, like, they speak my language. Then they not only speak my language, they they actually have a mission in mind. They're actually wanting to take over the world. And that sounds, you know, very big and all this stuff, but they're, they're dreamers. And G42 was like, they're dreamers. And it's about inheritance, about getting what was yours and what God is, what God has said is yours. Um, so good. And I realized I was like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I keep going. I, I that's I, really good. Yeah. And I just felt that wow, these people are actually pursuing the kingdom and they want to see the kingdom come to earth and establish something on earth. Um, they're moving way past just salvation. And that's what I was wanting. I was wanting to see it basically hold Jesus to his word and say that everything that he says is true and all the things, the goodness that I'm supposed to experience in my life, like, let's see if that's actually real. And I can find that with this tribe. Um, and so and that's what I found when you get I get crazy in it, and I'm going to have you tell that story, John, I, I want to hear from you for just a second. You know, I think it's in incredible. Richard Rohr says this, he said, Jesus never one time tells us to worship him in the new Testament. He says, follow me and follow me into risky and dangerous places. And guys, if we're not mentoring men and discipling men to take huge risks to, to mm. actually sow their last 50 bucks to see a, a something come of faith and reap a, a hundredfold return 
which Brandon and John were walking through this in our in our business we do together, right? The crypto stuff. And we just keep sewing because we don't know what else to do. And God always shows up and we get a, we reap because he won't be mocked. But John, talk to us about that. What does discipleship, mentorship mean to you or for you? Man, that's a that's a great question. I, you know, I was listening to you, Brandon, chit-chat and, and Gary, your thoughts about it. And, it, and this random thought hit me. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of commonality in, in the different gospels, uh, but there's a couple mainstays that are in all the gospels. And it's that Jesus had 12 disciples, and it's in all the gospels. And Jesus mm-hmm. dies on the cross, and it's in all the gospels. And so I, you know, you know, in John, you know, in chapter 14, he talks about you will do what I'm doing. You know, and it's all about a discussion with his disciples about they want to see the father. And he's saying, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. In fact, do what I do. And I just that hit me as you were talking. And to me, you know, discipleship and, and mentorship, it, it comes when it comes. You go. You do it. You don't sit yes. back. You don't wait. It doesn't mean you're going to have the answers. I don't have the answers half the time. I don't know the exact right thing to say uh, on either foot, you know, but it's something that is, is, is on the, 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 the precipice, I think of breaking through where like what you're saying, Brandon, I was looking and searching Well, in my forties, I don't necessarily, I'm not looking, I'm, I'm settled in and I'm sitting back and I'm saying, okay, God, who is coming? You know, that's a discussion that you and I've had Gary a few times is not to pursue even you know, years ago, I was told, don't, you know, they have to come to you, that God has to bring them to you. When they bring them to you, then you'll know what to do. Then you start to move. And so that's kind of my thoughts on it is Jesus, all the gospels did a great job of saying, you have to disciple. Discipleship is this. Period. This is yeah. it. Yeah. And this is yeah. where it goes. This is yeah. where it goes. And well, so that and, was and my I, immediate I don't want, thought. Of, I don't want young guys to hear yeah. me wrong. I think, you know, I, I'm going to go press in and I'm going to go still you know, feed the homeless. You know, yesterday, Lisa and I saw a guy standing with his daughter on the corner. We're, we're going to press into that. And if, if God wants to produce more into that, I'm going to, my, I always have that yes in my heart. What I'm saying for young men is, man, you've got to have hunger, right? Brandon, we say this all the time, the hungry get hungry. fed period. Amen. If you're satisfied yes. with Sunday morning church and not exposing yourself and not living in vulnerability um, and not being discipled, then you're going to live a stagnant, boring ass Christian life. I promise. Yeah. And there's a lot of 50, mm-hmm. 60, 70 year old, 80 year old people who've been okay with that. And they're bored out of their minds yeah. and they're, they're looking behind their lives and saying, where's the fruit, right? Where, where's my sons? Where's my daughters? And so Brandon, you and I, let's keep it practical here for a second. You, you uh, let's talk about a few weeks ago. You needed to go buy a car, and you're like, "What the hell am I gonna do? I've never bought a car." Yes, and so you yes. called me and talk, 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 walk us through that story a little bit. Yeah, well, we actually had coffee um, when I first mentioned it to you. Uh, we were having coffee in the morning before work, and um, I had just, just basically was like, "Hey, can you? If I go get a vehicle, will you come with me?" And you were like, "Of course." Absolutely. Um, and I explained to you, you know, the details of my, my, the car that I had currently, um, you know, just how I got it through my family and how it just didn't work out. Just wasn't a great deal. Just the tie that I had to, it was just not, it was just not the way I wanted it to be. Well, and you kept wrecking um, it. And I knew that. We were well drive in Colorado and you don't have drive. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, had exactly. to drive well, in Colorado? 
Dude, <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. I know. Well, that yeah, and I've had this. What's crazy is that I, I had the vehicle since uh since I got out of high school, you know, and I, you know, I went to college, you know, down south too. And so it, I've always had it everywhere I've driven and I've never stayed planted in a place where it snows all the damn time. Um, and it's just icy. And so, um, yeah. And so that basically we had that conversation, you know, Gary and I, and I was like, well, I want to do this with the car. I want to get a new car. Um, you know, I, I'm have a new job. I believe I can afford it. I can budget around it. Um, and so he said, yes. And, you know, I didn't realize that that was so huge until we actually did it. We were actually at the dealership and like, you know, working with, you know, our great, great guy, uh, Ansel and just doing, just doing a deal with him and just talking about everything. The biggest thing for me that it showed me was that I could be confident in my decision because I had another man next to me, a father next to me. Um, that was the biggest thing for me. And, you know, it seems like it's just buying a car or it's just paying a bill or it's whatever. But I think that's the thing that God is emphasizing is that it's just the ordinary things of life that we get to do really well. So and good. that if we have someone who has wisdom, who's gone farther than we do, yeah. and you invite them into that space, you won't get like, you won't get cheated or you won't get just, you know, like get your legs cut out from under you. You'll actually be able to do something that's righteous, that's clean and actually a good deal. And it blesses both people. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, so, and I and I yeah. want to say that I thought it was hilarious. The the guy helping us buy the car kept introducing me as your mentor to his all of his people. And I'm like, you know, and and honestly, there is some pride in that. That's not a false pride. And yeah. you know, you Brandon and, I, and John, you and I have talked about this. It's you've got to go real slow in calling somebody your spiritual father or your spiritual mother or your spiritual son or daughter. That doesn't just come by going and buying a car together, right? That comes from years of showing up and getting in the trenches and coming and confessing our stuff to one another, right? Brandon, you'd had the week before had a three or four days where the enemy was just making making it very dark in your life. And there was yeah. some stuff going on. And when we confess that in a mentorship relationship, man, that stuff lifts, right? And, and, and we yeah. get the healing. We never go back to shame and guilt. We go forward with the person that we can trust to share our darkness right. with the dark night of the soul with right. And yeah. that's what we've developed. And so Jesus took three over three years with his guys. He had them follow him everywhere. I think probably nowadays because of gentle <laughs> parenting and all the, all the crap going on that it's, it's a good 10 year process at least of, of just living in the lives. Now we can't do what they do in the East and move in together and do every single thing together. Right. With our, wives and future wives and all that. But John, talk about how that's look for, for you and for even for you and I for all these years. I mean, uh, you know, you hit it. I mean, we talk about it a ton and we'll talk about it a ton, man. It's a slow process. You know, I mean, I don't, you don't plant a tree and it doesn't grow overnight. I mean, it takes a while, but man, when that tree's fully grown to rest in the shade, you know, to, 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 to see its abundance and what it produces. I mean, to me, so the slowing down, um, is so crucial for me, it was realizing, and I had help. I mean, you and I've been, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. 25 years. I mean, it's a long time. And one of the things that came up in my life over and over is just do one thing, do one thing and, and, and see it from the beginning to the end. And mm -hmm. because, you know, as a young man, 
I mean, I can see all these things I'm supposed to do or what I think I'm supposed to do or accomplish, you know, hustle and do the American thing of, of work my way up the corporate ladder, do all these whatever. But when I started to slow down, it was, hey, let's just do one thing. If, if, if I'm cleaning the garage, I'm going to just clean the garage. I'm not going to look over and be like, oh, I got to do this. I got to move this over here. I got to do this before I can get to cleaning the garage. If I'm doing one thing and how that works in discipleship, for me, being discipled is it allowed me to listen to one thing well. It allowed mm. me to look at what you were saying or what John Smelter was saying or even my wife was asking me and I could take time and look at it. And, and when I say take time, I mean, some of this stuff is years of wondering why I get in a car and why I can get so pissed off while I'm in a car driving. You know, I just get done telling my son that, well, I'm going to get it behind it. You know, somebody that's going two miles under the speed limit and I could blow my cap, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the interesting thing is I can do one thing. I can slow down and I can say in this trip, I'm going to slow down. And I'm just going to be in this spot and I'm not going to move this spot. So that's one of the things that I've seen in discipleship that works really well. And I, I see that in our relationship. It, it, it starts by, hey, we're going to get beers together. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it progresses to, hey, I want to ask you about this. You know, like Brandon, you were saying, hey, I want to bring you into this car. Purchase. I don't know what's going on. A, it's a lot of money. B, I've got to do insurance. And then the dealership's going to sell me 800 warranties that I don't even understand what they mean. And sitting with somebody that you trust that can, yeah, that can sit in those meetings. Yeah. That's what yeah. slowing down produces. It all of a sudden it starts to line up. And before you know it, you're like, holy cow, I can do this one thing and balance these other things until I can get to them. Well, it's, it's like, and so that's how I like, see it. If I'm going to change the oil in my truck, which I don't do that anymore. I used to have to right? my dad. <laughs> and then my dad would get so frustrated with me. He'd take the tool and do it himself. So that wasn't real true discipleship, but at least he included me, right? And then mowing yeah. the lawn or cleaning the garage. I want to invite somebody into that space so that they learn mm. how to do it, right? And Brandon, I want you to hit this because I promise you having hundreds of world racers come to our home in Colorado or in, in Spain for almost six years, uh, most of them didn't know how to clean the kitchen. Most of them didn't know how to cook. Most of them didn't know, and we would make them do these things. We had a bunch of them living in our home with six kids, and none of them would disciple or mentor my kids, so I kicked them all out. I mean, they wouldn't do the dishes. You know, they were sitting with God all day, which, you know, I, I'm going to mentor you with passion and some fire and speaking the truth and love. Get off your ass. Go do the dishes for my wife, and then you and I can go grab a beer or a coffee and talk about some of the things going on. Right? It's it's not easy, mm -hmm. and the and and we need to create pain in the midst of this. We need to not give all the answers. Like I'm really passionate about trying to figure this out. In fact, John and I are going on a trip in a week or so just to sit back and watch what guys are doing, men are doing, and men with men in a barn in Idaho, and Jesus keeps walking in the door. We want to know what that looks like so we can reproduce mm -hmm. that right? Not take it, just multiply it. So Brandon, what, yes. talk to me about, yes. you found your tribe, you're in it. And then what does that look like for you? How does that look? Yeah. Um, well, the thing that comes to mind now is servanthood. Um, because I get access to someone who's walked longer, walked on the journey longer than I have, and that I trust, um, I get to meet with them and I get to be in their lives and they, they, you know, they meet with me 
Um, but a big part in the early years and that I'm experiencing now is that I just get to serve and that it's not a burdensome thing. It's actually a beautiful thing because through my service, I actually connected to them. I am connected to them. And so I get to, I get to help their dream come alive. And not only that, I'm, I'm always remembering I'm sowing into my future um, by good. sowing into them. Yeah. And so it's never wasted. Like whatever you do is never wasted. Um, and so that's, that's the, one of the biggest things about being in, in a tribe is that you get to serve, you get to be there for them. You know, maybe you're not, you maybe can't be one-on-one with every single person, but you're there whenever a crisis calls or, and whenever something happens, you know, that there's a trust there and there's an understanding there that you can reach out if, if you need to. Yeah. And I, what does that mean to a fatherless kid, to a kid that didn't have a dad speaking to his life that was raised by a great grandmother? Like, what does that do to your heart? What does that mean? Um, for you just having a tribe or, or well, being, just having, having somebody a, that's a there person or persons there that would show up, you know, and again, this is not a yeah. pat on my back at all. It's five hours on a Saturday. Give me a break with, with you who I really like being with. And I learn things from and is passionate and hungry for what the things that I'm passionate and hungry about. Right. That's not a yeah. hard, that's, that wasn't a huge sacrifice on my spot, my place. Right. But right. what does that do for your heart when you knew I was going to be there. You didn't have a clue how this thing was going to work out. You got a badass ride, by the way. We got you a sweet car. Um, it's true. And, and again, in faith <laughs> a little bit, right? We went above and beyond because when you have a yeah. father that's walked this, been there, life teaches you so much that you've got to trust that, right? That you just yeah. can't learn any other way, but just by failing and living life and getting back yes. up and going back. So what did that do for your heart? Yeah. Um you know, that what it did for my heart was, I think it just made me feel really at peace. And then I felt just loved. Honestly, I just felt very loved that um, you joined me in that journey of getting that. And I felt very cared for and a part of just being a part of a family. I think that's what a family does is that, you know, you say, you know what, like I have things planned this day, but you know, I told you that I would go with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep my word. Um, and so that's what I think that's what it does for me. It just makes me feel very loved and cared for and seen and realize that, oh, it's not just, it's not just the one-on-one time we have. It's about life. It's about every area of your life that we need to touch so that we can make sure we're connected. Yeah. And I, and I want to talk about authority, John, give us some thoughts on that. Like what I can see your, your head's turning, man. I, you, 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 you found some guys and just offered yourself to start discipling them. Like the kid at the, at the coffee shop yeah. and right. Is mm-hmm. God's just kind of turning your heart towards people, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful thing, right? Because you can't just yeah, it's... consume. You got to go give it away. Right. We don't ever, ever obtain authority. We distribute authority. And we'll, and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I've got a couple of buddies, um, some guys I'm getting to know, and I'm just having to trust the process in that just you know it it moves fast and then it slows down and when i say it moves fast our communication and our connection you know increases in in certain times i was actually thinking about uh caden right now as we were talking um but um you know it's interesting you know brandon you were saying that you know you were talking about servanthood and all this stuff and i was thinking about you know when i was young and and pretty hard and pretty rigid i mean servant 
being, you know, like serving always felt like a chore, you know, always felt hard to me. It always felt like a, a duty that I would have to perform. Mm. And when you, when you, when you start getting discipleship, you know, where somebody actually loves you, when they actually, you can actually feel Jesus in them for you. Mm. Um, what begins to happen is what I notice in the servant uh, side of thing and the service side of things is it's almost like it's like there's a, con- a, a common connection, a communion that's happening in that. It's mm. like I'm here under your roof and I'm going to do these dishes because I'm going to help, you know, in this family unit that we're starting or the tribe that, you know, everybody talks about the tribe. Tribes were great because everybody had to work together. Everybody was providing stuff and bringing something of value to the tribe. And then I started thinking about how much Jesus sowed into these guys consistently over and over. So these disciple guys, if, if, if they're not sowing back into you, if you're not seeing things come back into your life, like Gary, you like to say the phrase like pain and, and seeing the failure. That's how sometimes we sow back in is it's, there isn't an answer for this. You have to live in the pain. Mm-hmm. You have to sit in the ashes. You have to sit there and wonder how this happened, yes. why this happened. I'm, I'm Maybe not, I'm not as special as I thought. somebody's life to fix their problems ever because I right. can't, right? Even with my own children, I can't fix yeah. their marriages, their kids, whatever. Where I, What I do is give them more questions to ask, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. do a podcast with Noah soon in our, our little journey when I wouldn't answer his questions and he was going broke, but he had moved out. So it was his responsibility. And so he had to do, he had to go grind and figure this stuff out, right? And he grew by, honestly, years. I said said this all the time in G42. If you would literally just listen, not think about what you're going to say next, not be stuck in your head all the time, but sit in your heart and listen to what I'm giving you in the classroom, I can save you at least a decade off your life of stupid decisions. And I, I, I say that with full confidence. If you decide to listen and learn in this stuff and not try to fix it and allow process, Allow discipleship, you know, instead of McDonald's, I get it now. I want it fixed now and I don't want to feel the pain. It'll save you a decade, right? So Brandon, you had a couple of last thoughts as we're kind of getting close to closing here. What, uh, what else did you want to say? Um, yeah. You know, the thing that hits me now is um, questions like questions and that's connected to the hungry get fed. So don't just come to a meeting with someone who you want to pour, who you want them to pour in your life, just blame. Like actually think about question. It's okay to let yourself think, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, God, just drop in a question for me or do that. No, like actually think about things in your life that you want answers to, or that you want wisdom on and then bring those to the forefront. And in that confess, even some hard stuff, even some hard stuff that you is hard for you to share and that you, you know, might feel shameful about, but do it anyway, just like be scared and do it anyway, because there's going to be some freedom that comes to you. Um, but like I said, it's always been about the hungry get fed. That's I think that's a life motto for me. It's starting to become a life motto for me now at 24. I'm realizing that everything that I have in my life is because I've just, the Lord has blessed me. Yes, but I've also come back on my side too because I'm hungry. Yeah. And I don't want to lose that hunger. And so and I would just I love say, stay curious. That, Brandon, let me just say this real quick. You know, my mentor, he was never a spiritual father, but my mentor, uh, he's 78 now, uh, taught me that the hungry get fed. And he was a mentor in my life for a season. He isn't any longer, right? So there's seasons of this. But my takeaway 
on yeah the hungry get fed you you're if you're hungry you're going to show up and if you're hungry you're going to show up with some questions with some thoughts you're not going to sit sit there and go well i just wanted to be with you that's fine but i can tell you that drives somebody that's doing this a lot crazy because i want to press into heart right but now i've imparted that to you the hungry get fed because i own that not i believe 90 some percent of life is showing up now you're going to impart that into the guys that you're going to disciple and that you're discipling, mm-hmm. right? We always have mm-hmm. that Barnabas, right? The old way we used to say this, I'm Paul. I have to have this Barnabas and I, I have to have a Timothy in my yes. life. So it's a constant flow that tri, tri, Trinity flow so that my life is not stagnant and I'm not just consuming or I'm not just giving away. If all I'm doing is giving away, man, I get burnt out, which I did last summer. And you guys know about that. And, and, and again, yeah. I want to emphasize, and John, I want you to speak to this real quick. The vulnerability is the key, right? Especially with the generation. If we don't know how to be vulnerable with one another, I mean, sometimes you'll just, you call me and you're just like, God, man. Oh, shit. right. It's just hard. <laughs> day. Or I'll text one of you, man. I need some prayer, guys. I, I'm just, I, you know, so thoughts on that, John. Yeah, man, guys, um, you know, my thought on, like, I have a weird, I have weird thoughts on, on being vulnerable and, 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 stuff and what i mean by that is is yeah don't be afraid to to say exactly how you feel and if if one of those statements is you know i'm not in this right now i don't i'm not i'm checked out i feel this this you start there at least start somewhere um but i always want to encourage guys that that just being vulnerable once you get there uh, there's still another aspect to go the vulnerable, it's like, it's like, it's like coming to the front door of the house that you want to move into and just standing at the front door. I mean, I can, I can sit here and pour out all my shit on this podcast all over and over and over, but none of you know me that are listening to this. It has nothing to do with who I am, but it's the beginning said you have to get in the door. So get in the door, get vulnerable on some stuff. And then once you're inside, then we can start looking at what's going on. We can start seeing what's happening. I mean, Jesus was so awesome at saying, I'm going to kick the door in and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to dine. He didn't just stand at the door. He sat and dined at the table. He he relaxed at the table. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. Last thoughts. Um, I would like to encourage, I think, young men to find find an older man who you trust who you can build trust find an older man who you can trust but that your heart's telling you you can trust not someone who's just like a great idea oh they're a great person or like they look like they could be a good person you'll feel this pull towards them and i think if you lead with that pull um you will find that person that you need or that couple people a couple guys that you need um and you might feel afraid to press in, right? It's scary, especially as a, as a man who's fatherless, who was fatherless and who doesn't have his biological father. Like it's scary to like, let another man in my life and see me because I've never had that. But I can tell you that if you do that, if you say yes, if you just show up, the trust will build the tr- and your heart will grow confident and trusting and letting this person into your life. Yeah, that's good. I think I, I want, you know, obviously it's risk, We've got to risk our hearts away. We keep our hearts open, right, John? It's yep. vulnerability, right? And it's self-sufficiency. Let's just be honest. If you can't find a man right now that you would consider someone you could trust and you're kind of feeling out there all alone on an island, 
grow the hell up, go find the father and let the father father you right now. When that, that mentor will show up if you're allowing the father to father you. It's something I have to do honestly every single morning is sit in the quiet and just create a space that the father can walk in. And like, honestly, right now, I don't have any disciple. I don't have anybody mentoring me. I've had a few through life. I haven't had a lot. The first guy that mentored me was my pastor right before I started Rock the Nations. And the man was brutal on me. And it was awesome. He would call me a liar in front of, he worked for me during the day and he'd call me a liar in a sales call if I wasn't telling the exact truth. And I'd have to back up and apologize. And he just, you know, he brought out integrity and life in me. And that hadn't happened before. And, you know, I meet with my dad every week and I'm discipling him more than he's discipling me. He's 83. But, I, you know, I would never let him pay for a meal. I would never let that happen. I'm sowing into my dad's life. I know I'm going to reap something with my own kids at some point. Right. And I'm, and I'm not doing it just for that. I'm doing it because I usually enjoy it. Right. Sometimes it's really hard because we <laughs> see, you know, theology, eschatology in a completely different way. And, and we love talking and arguing about that. But yeah, guys, I want to encourage you. I've got John here, 25 plus years, and Brandon, almost three now, right? Two, some, all two, three years. Uh, about a, a little over one, a little over a year. Is that right? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And then we've got, you know, got, <laughs> got lots and lots of others that were in different seasons of life. And I actually miss some of the guys that were all very consistent, right? And mm. would text or call consistently. I miss some of that. I don't miss the the, the work side of it as much, but I, I, I think about the men I've been able to mentor through the years and the hearts that have touched my heart and made me a better man. And so, you know what I think, guys? I think let's, let's dive into this. Maybe do a second um, podcast on this. I'd love for you guys to just really think through there's some practical ways of how we can help. And then everybody listening, I want to encourage you, send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. Like we want to know, this is why we created the app. And if you haven't joined the app yet, come and join the app. Find out who's in your area. And let's we're going to start doing gatherings. That's why John and I are going to Idaho. We want to watch kind of model how they're doing that and start these gatherings and communities. But get on there and start giving us your thoughts and your feedback. If you're watching this, on video, you're watching on our Patreon, which is awesome. I mean, we're three ugly guys, so that doesn't really matter. But uh, if you're listening to it, you can listen to it every M456 podcast. Um, guys, a couple quick last thoughts, and we'll we'll head out. Uh, this has been great. I don't right. have any other thoughts. Um, okay. I'm just excited for the journey. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Thanks. Dude, I'm ready to do episode two on this. I love yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah, let's 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 do some research. Yeah. I, and last thing I want to say, Matthew eight. You know, um, when the when the centurion said, "I'm a man under authority," I get authority. If you're not under some kind of authority, you can't walk in authority. And you know, go read Matthew eight and 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 just kind of research this stuff. Go see the two guys that were the rabbis when Jesus was walking on the earth, and the guy that the rabbi for Jesus and Paul, and why they believed the way they do. And it was about the commandments. It's just powerful. And I don't want to give that away. I mean, the Bama guys are good at this. There's a lot of guys talking about this right now. And so, hey, guys, thank you. Brandon, 24-year-old. Geez, getting so old. Johnny, 42, <laughs> just turned. Yeah. Right? Let's keep doing life. And let's pour <laughs> this into our children and our children's children. Amen? Yes. Amen. Amen. Guys. Amen. All right. See ya.